September 6, 2016, there's a Watt for Pedro show.
Watch for Pedro's show in Pedro, but at my pad. I think next week I'm going to get reunited with Brother Matt because he's got the new uh, teaching schedule. Uh, I'm not totally man alone, though, because via the magic of Skype, I've got uh, uh, my guest for this edition, Lydia Loveless. <laughs> uh, where, where are you from? Uh, calling from talking right now? Yeah, I'm from Columbus, Ohio. And so that's where you're, you're using the magic of Skype. Yes. You know who's from Columbus, Ohio is uh, Ed from Ohio. He <laughs> uh, <laughs> was actually from Toronto, the, a little town by the Pennsylvania, but he went to school because <laughs> Columbus is a big school town. Yes, it is. He's the other famous guy. I, 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 I think I know a couple people. That, that band, uh, Scrawl. Yeah. Right, right. I toured with them. Did get yeah, with them. I know those Good gals. People. I think one of them has a pad. Maybe Marcy? Yeah, Marcy has a bar. I'm playing my record release show there on Thursday. Oh, wow. Well, say hi. Uh, I will. It's been a long, long time, but I met them through Ed from Ohio. Uh we started the show off with uh, the theme from John Coltrane and uh, Miles Davis live, and then Lydia Lovelace from her new record, a tune called Out on Love. And uh, what's, what's your oldest music memory? My oldest music memory is, I mean, other than, like, creepy church hymns. Oh, that's a, <laughs> that's a memory. That's a memory. I'm just curious, because... I've talked to a lot of people about their uh, journey through music, and they're all different. Yeah. Lots so of... you, you're remembering hymns in church. Yeah. Um, and like playing piano in church and and all that good stuff. Uh, just how how hard it is to sing those hymns, too. Wow. You mean you learned piano young? Yeah. I started taking lessons when I think I was like seven when I started. Was it your idea? Yeah, because my my sisters did, and I was like, oh. Uh, you had music too. in the you had music in the pad. Yeah. So your sister played. I, I kind of never got good at piano. What so. about your parents? <laughs> did your parents play? My dad's play? a drummer. Oh, your daddy's a drummer. Yeah. Righteous. My mom, not so much. Okay, but you, <laughs> you had music in the house, and then yeah, at the church, your sister was a piano player. Yeah, I have two older sisters, and they both took piano. Wow, okay. So piano was big in the too. house. Yeah. Uh, and so the first music you played was, yeah, of course, stuff that the teacher... Did you have a mean teacher? Not... I don't know if I would say mean. She probably had every right to be... Because I never fucking practiced. No practice. <laughs> so... <laughs> no, I, I hear this a lot about piano teachers. Yeah. Some people have such bad experience, they want to quit music. Yeah, I mean, I just, I realized pretty quickly that I didn't like piano, but I was stubbornly, like, trying to to cling to it because I didn't want to think that I sucked at anything. But she told me to learn violin, so that was probably the meanest thing she ever said to me. Wow. Like, okay. to quit and take violin lessons. Uh, well, maybe something like follow your heart or something. I mean, there's something yeah, about I think that's putting probably. your passion. <laughs> yeah. uh, do, do you remember, uh, what about uh, getting record, records? Do you remember the first record you bought? The first record I bought, oh, God. It was well, you had older that. sisters, so they probably was playing you music. <laughs> yeah, I think the first record I bought was the first Gorillaz album. <laughs> so, you mean the, the England band? 
Yeah, like the cartoon band. Yeah, right, right. <laughs> <laughs> Got Which the, I guess the, could be the video band. That's kind of yeah. gone. But I guess. I think it was okay. like 11. So, but you went and bought it. Why? Because. You it liked just felt like nobody else in my family was listening to stuff like that, I guess. So I uh, felt like cool. And because I have a big family and they're all pretty intensely into music. So I was like, oh, no one's listening to this. I'll just be cool. It'll be mine. It won't be yeah. all yours. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, you're a identity. You're a, you're you're driven to yeah. form an identity. Uh, interesting. What about what about at school? Did you do actually, any music at school, like the band, or? I was actually homeschooled, so I never never really did anything like that. Ah, okay. Mm -hmm. So you didn't have the social. Of, the Lord of the Flies experience. <laughs> no, I missed out on all That's that. Not, it was kind of Lord of the Flies. Maybe not a bad thing. <laughs> <laughs> uh, look, we're going to play this song here, uh, Real. No, no, Longer. Okay. What can you tell me about that, too? Longer is a poppier song for me to write, and it's about actually my friend who passed away a couple years ago. Oh, shit. I wrote that one for I'm him. Sorry. So, not to be all. Downers. Yeah. <laughs> okay, let's listen. Tired of me hanging around, looking like I just lost a friend. Well, if I did, you don't know who he goes to another school. 
to the grave, their mummies are walking circles around their bodies, racing through the neck like a maple dancer. If she's a not nice man, mummy, these are depraved men, mummy, are walking circles around their bodies, racing through the neck like a maple dancer. The hospital has to go. 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 The hospital has to go.
Yeah. 
certezza.
bought from Pedro Show. Uh, that was longer from Lydia Loveless. And then brand new from Alex Zhang, uh, Hongtai, Entrance Departure. He's got a new cassette out. That's trippy to say. He's got a new cassette out. <laughs> I like that people are using the old forms. Yeah. Lemon Kittens, The Hospital Hurts the Girl. I, I found my own Lemon Kittens uh, music that I hadn't heard for 30 years. Uh, and I've been playing that. Petra Hayden with uh, Frame by Frame, acapella, movie theme, inspired, driven pet. Uh, Sonia de Marinaio with Flame. That's got Angus from the Liars with us. Uh, this is me and my uh, two Italian friends. We're going to start a tour in a couple weeks in Europe. So i got, I, I got to be practicing the music. Uh, Dagger Moth. Silk Around the Morrow, we get to play with her uh, in Bologna. Experimental guitar. Uh, pop group, brand new. Well, maybe a few months old. Immaculate Deception. Uh, Alice's song from Nervous Gender. That's Alice Bag. That's first punk gig me and Dee Boone saw was the bags. And she just put out a solo record. And then finally, uh, very be careful, uh, live El Viajero del tiempo uh, back with Lady Loveless so homeschool you don't have to deal with the Lord of the Flies sitch. Uh, <laughs> and there's a lot of music so it's a lot of competition in a way for you to get your own identity so these are good motivators do you remember writing your first song uh, I remember writing a lot of weird crappy songs as a kid like playing with my siblings too we did I remember we had like a fake radio show called Psychotic Country Music where we would make up just like ad-libbing country songs. Oh, yeah. Well, you learned guitar, right? Yeah. How'd that happen? <laughs> How'd that happen? Um, I, it took me a long time, but I mean, a lot of like just strumming open strings and singing. Was there guitar in the pad? Yeah. My oldest sister played guitar. Okay. And uh, my mom had like a giant dreadnought that I could not play very well. But I started playing bass when I was like. Oh, really? 18. Bass? Yeah. And that's kind of what helped me. Was there a bass in the pad? Well, it was mine because my older sister started a band and they were like, we need a bass player. And we lived in like the middle of nowhere. So it made sense to just have me kind of learn. <laughs> what was this band called? It was called Carson Drew. Carson Drew, all right. Did yeah. you guys make recordings? Yeah, we had one EP called Under the Table. That yeah, I got to hear that. So, And you're the bass player. Yeah. Wow. And so you move over to guitar. You guys have this kind of fake country radio show? So you're <laughs> yeah. writing songs to that? Yeah, and that was pretty brief. Kind of yuck, yuck, ha, ha. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The band... Kind of like, uh, what was that show? Was... Hee Haw. Do you remember Yeah, <laughs> it was kind of hee-haw, deranged hee-haw. Roy Clark, and, yeah. <laughs> okay, okay, uh, string bean, I remember. Um, so did that, uh, do Carson Drew do any gigs? Yeah, we toured a couple times. It was pretty close to home stuff. Oh, wow. Yeah. I think um, the only state was pennant. You guys don't have a real flag. Your flag is a, a, a pennant. Yeah. I like that. Yeah, I dig it. It's uh, very original. Okay, so <laughs> you're still in your sister's kind of world and stuff. So when when do you make a break to do your own thing? I think you when know. I was about 15, I started writing my own songs. And not um, the goofy ones, like 
Yeah, trying to be a little more serious. I mean, I still was pretty goofy just because I was an idiot teenager, but, like, I was trying to be a little more refined, and uh, I started writing basically country songs by myself, and I started performing out when I was, like, 16. Solo. Yeah. 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 And uh, what was that like? It was terrifying. (laughs) Yeah, I can imagine. I mean, it was really easy to just play bass and, like, I was never really that band, much of a right. showman. Yeah, I just now all the focus is turned on you. Yeah, and I always wanted to write and perform, but I didn't realize that I did not really want to be the center of attention at all. So that was kind of a wake up call. Uh, so the, do you remember the first gig? My first gig was, um, I think it was like a, it must have been at Bernie's this bar in Columbus that's been torn down recently, but there was like one homeless dude yelling at me. And then like all my friends had gone outside to like drink underage in the alley. (laughs) So it was not the greatest. Was this like a high street place? Yeah, it was on high street. People, you don't might not know Columbus, but a lot of the stuff that happens there is on high streets, right across (laughs) from the school. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, that's the first time I played Columbus was on High Street. Yeah. They tore that down, too. It was Do you remember stashes. where? Oh, well, Stashes, it was, okay. Yeah, it was down. It wasn't on the, uh, I don't know. It moved, right? Yeah, it yeah. turned into Little Brothers, and that's, that's right. no longer, too. And yeah, that's no longer, but I, the building's still there, right? I think the yeah. other one, the building, they tore down. Yeah. Anyway, uh, so you had an audience of one homeless dude yelling at you. <laughs> And no support yes. from your buddies because you're drinking. No. Okay. Yeah, but so how, uh, how was that experience like? Boy, I want to do more of this. <laughs> I think it was good for me. Uh, it gave me realistic expectations. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, okay. Why doesn't anyone care? It was kind of like, oh, thank God, no one's in here because. Oh, so you had to learn how to sell it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, like vodka. I mean, it took me a while. Yeah, yeah. So. Um, you, but you you actually was, because of playing bass in your sister's band you, and doing some tours, you did have some gig savvy. It was just not being in that situation. Yeah, it just wasn't like having to command the whole audience. Right. Well, what about recording? Recording, I mean, I had recorded a lot with Carson Drew. Um, yeah, but on your own. But when I started yeah. yeah, recording on my own, that was kind of a obviously totally different experience, too. I started recording like at this studio I think it was called Blue Moon that I was like interning at sort of and uh, that kind of gave me some experience with just doing stuff by myself and figuring out how I wanted it to sound and then started making a record when I think I was like 16 yeah so you weren't like at home I gotta find the right producer you you want to do it yourself yeah at first um, and my first record did end up you know a producer came in and it was kind of I ended up not really enjoying being sort of told what to do but I also didn't know what I was doing so it was good for me same time okay Um, but yeah I definitely suck at being told what to do quite often so but you started learning studio stuff yeah and in turn you, you worked with other musicians also yeah, a little yeah. bit. I never really super got great at that just because I hated the engineer so much that oh, man. 
I didn't get to advance very far, but I did enjoy being in the studio and, and, and getting to mess around with that. Yeah. Now, did you bring stuff prepared or did you try writing in the studio? No, I never really tried writing in the studio. Yeah. I probably should have when I had the opportunity. Why, why is that? I don't know, because it, it would be nice a nice skill to have, maybe, but I don't know. Maybe one day. <laughs> because, you know, nowadays it's so much more econo to record. In the old days, we had to kind of do that because... Yeah, yeah. yeah. But I remember uh, Minutemen, uh, we would record in order, so we didn't spend time, <laughs> yeah, put them in sequence, like they were gigs in front of the microphones. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> Man, even the tape, I remember it was a hundred, this was used, $150 yeah. for 15 minutes. God. Yeah. And that's not the time, you know, that's just the tape. So, yeah, it's so much easier now. Yeah, yeah. So, and I think that's a good thing. I don't think it was so good. <laughs> Being all expensive like that. So. The good old days. Yeah, yeah, when people see that, man, they should really think about it. But they don't, I think they only want to remember. What's even funnier is people who weren't even from those days and they're telling you about it. Yeah, it's great to get that lecture. <laughs> like the sound quality, more. Yeah. Like the warm feel. Uh, okay, so uh, <laughs> what about going out on your own, touring on your own? Yeah, I started doing that when I was like, I guess probably 18, started touring around. And what, and you uh, just get in the car with your guitar? Yeah, well, with my dad was playing drums for me at that point. Wow! So, yeah, okay. so that was really helpful. So what, it's guitar and drums? Yeah, it was just me and drums. And no, and, uh, no, no, uh, that poor lonely kick drum. No bass <laughs> yeah. to wrap no the arms bass. around. Yeah, no hugs from the bass. <laughs> well, poor Not lonely. When I hear these bands without bass players, I hear the poor lonely kick drum. It does drive me nuts now, and it's funny because for so long when I was younger, I was like, oh, I don't care. You didn't notice it, right? Yeah, which is funny because I am a bass player, so you would think it would have driven me fucking crazy, but... I think you got to develop a thing, because I remember, you know, when I met Dee Booney, he only knew Creedence. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, we're going to learn all these Creedence songs, and I couldn't tell what the fuck that guy was playing. <laughs> I couldn't hear it. So I just thought, well, if I wear the singer's shirts, maybe Dee Booney will still like me. So that's how I got into <laughs> flannel. I didn't... You know, I grew up in Navy housing. I didn't really know about farmers and lumberjacks. I thought that was his kind of rock and roll shirt. <laughs> so that's how I got into wearing it. I was like 12, you know. Yeah. But uh, I stuck with it. <laughs> they do, I will say, they hide, you know, when you're, my pop used to say, boy, if you're not wearing it, you're not enjoying it. Because, so chow, uh, flannels kind of hide chow that falls under your shirt easier. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Better than those white ones. Oh, because I, I, I used to scrub pots and pans at a hospital in white uniform. Oh, man. Oh, yeah, that's not going to look good at, at the end of the it's, day. It's not. So, were you driving him or were you, uh, he was driving you? Yeah, he was driving. Okay. Uh, but <laughs> I've always thought know. about one man bands and touring, you know, it's so easy in some ways. Yeah. You don't have I mean, to deal with the... personalities. But then with your pop, yeah, that's rough. It's now, was he, like yeah, because what about when it came to, like, the musical direction? Were you you in charge? Yeah, I'd Good. say. I'm pretty bossy, so. Yeah, okay. Even with your own pop. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's good. No, that's happening. And, uh, 
kind of uh, also kind of safe. You got your pop with you. <laughs> you don't talk about a bodyguard. Yeah, That's it helped. Kind of, kind of cool. Okay, where do you evolve from there? Um, I, I guess when I was about nineteen, I started wanting to do something a little more interesting, and I don't know if sophisticated is the right word, but more rock and roll. And okay. I just started putting together a band and you get a bass player <laughs> yeah <laughs> i did get a bass player i got an upright bass player oh wow actually. so those are difficult they yeah. take up a little uh, room in the boat too yeah but yeah you know that's how uh, leo fender came and invented the bass guitar because mm-hmm. they didn't have vans they were touring station wagons so they had to strap those things to the roof can you <laughs> yeah. imagine that's what we still do <laughs> wow you do that no, no. Oh, okay. We've made jokes about it for years. There's these kind of upright bases that don't have bodies. Yeah, there's the kind that fold up. Yeah, that has just a neck and maybe a metal thing you lean into. Yeah. Because, uh, yeah, because they're electric with a pickup, yeah. Yeah, it's such a weird instrument. The thing's gotten so many holes punched into it from stupid tour experiences, but... Oh, wow. We've kind of upgraded to mostly playing electric bass at this point in the band. Oh, has he? Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, they it's are a little more magical. But, but you know, there's no sound like an upright. It just has its own thing. I yeah. tried it for a while. It was too difficult. you got to hold your hands different. Yeah, it's not You can't easy. be sideways. you got to be up and down. It's bigger than me, too. I've tried. Yeah. You know, in, in the U.S. one, we're three quarters. The Europe ones are even bigger. Yeah. Ours are 41-inch scale, and... Man, it just killed me. I made one little record with it, but I, yeah, I gave it back to the dude who gave it to me. <laughs> it's fun, though, yeah. Yeah, yeah, no, no, big, big respect. And especially seeing the guys can work those, even in old age, amazing. Yeah. Uh, for example, Petra's father, Charlie Hayden, I mean, playing all the way uh, for for his life, you know. It was mm-hmm. inspiring like that. But how his hands kept together. I always worry about my hands. yeah. Because you lose them, wow. Yeah, you're you're done. You're st- <laughs> <laughs> the phone it is. <laughs> we're, we're at the end of the first hour of August. Uh, no, not September now. What? September 6, yeah. 2016. Dishawak, Peter Show, special guest, Lydia Loveless. Hold tight for hour two. September 6, 2016. It's the second hour of Watt Pedro Show.
had a dream The night played softly Around you And I know a place That nobody knows I had a dream singing as you were lying out in the snow the whole world needs to know the way that east wind blows it rises The time passed slowly Between us The night surrendered Yeah Another day The whole world needs to know Five minutes ago, try to 
Drown it out with the budget girls While my breath paints a broken dream on the window You act like none of this shit even matters And it's all very well, but I'm still stuck in Drowning in a pool of unsent letters Reasons why I'm glad that you can't be here Why won't you leave her tomorrow? 
Watt from Pedro's show. We started the second hour off with Lydia Loveless doing Real. T- tell us about that. Real is, it's kind of about my lack of the Lord of the Flies experience <laughs> as a kid where I, I don't know, I was always kind of reading these dumb romance novels and and hoping for some cool boy to move to my my shitball hillbilly town and and sort of be my rock and roll boyfriend so it's kind of about my romance fantasy as a kid wow (laughs) real but then you call it real (laughs) like really (laughs) yes okay and then brand new from bloodshot you uh put your new records on uh dex rom weber he had this band called flat duo jets that i really liked drummer man named crow yeah, only one name, Crow. Crow. Yeah, and uh, actually, one of the first bands without a bass, you know, this thing where you just do guitar and drums. Yeah. Yeah, he goes way back. And brand new, I Had a Dream. Then a song song from uh, Das Kinsey 4, uh, Depression from Marshmead after that, brand new. We done tune, though, I think. Uh, Space, brand new. She's the girl Summer misses the most. King Champion Sound, new album, Point Blank, Doom, Schizophonics, with their new 45, Put Your Weight On It, and finally, Stefano Polia, his new solo album, he's a, one of the Fratellianists, I don't know, Stand Behind the Man Behind the Wire, here with uh, Lydia Lovis and her journey through music, so now you put together the band. Yeah, and, and that uh, took a while. It took a while to write, right, right chemistry, right people. Yeah. Yeah, there were some duds. Some had to get tossed, <laughs> get the scissors, yeah. say hello to the curb. <laughs> <laughs> you know, the gentle grab by the hair and knee to the forehead. <laughs> okay. Yes. So, uh, but then you settle on a, a stable thing. Like, you want to discuss, uh, say their names, who's in the band? Yeah, I think at like 20, I, I started playing with, I was playing with Ben Lamb on bass and Todd May came in as the guitar player and, and extra vocals. And at that point, it was still my dad on drums, too. What's your pop's so, name? Uh, his name is Parker. Parker, all right. There's a Steely Dan song, Colonel Parker's Band. I think yeah. you're talking about Charlie Parker. <laughs> you, you know about the Dan. Sadly. <laughs> yeah, I know. George Hurley, you know, in the Minutemen, I had to listen to the boat. And they were like two albums of cassettes, so we we get both barrels at a time, me and Deepu. So we know the first six Dan albums, you know, front to back. Oh, God. I remember Colonel Parker's band. That too. Okay, uh, was it Colonel Parker? No. Mr. Parker's. Colonel Parker was the guy oh. who stole all Elvis Presley's money, I mean. <laughs> Not his real name, I think. So many facts. Colonel Tom, yeah. I don't know. I don't don't know much, so don't quote uh, <laughs> me. So now, um, yeah, what's the mission of the band? Now uh, going to the studio. Yeah. yeah. Um, at this point, I was, you know, because my first record had been kind of with a studio band that I didn't really know any of the guys. Right, the band producer experience. Yeah, and this time I had, you know, a producer that I kind of knew better from, I worked with him and Carson Drew a little bit. And, More uh, copacetic. 
yeah and you know just having my own band and and being a more experienced songwriter yeah much better experience you could grab your hand on the rudder yeah i think i felt a little more confident that time around so we started making this record indestructible machine that's a niche yeah (laughs) and uh that actually ended up while we were recording that getting picked up by bloodshot records right who i still work with them so yeah i'm gonna play this tune heaven what what can you tell me about that well heaven is probably my most produced song ever um it's what kind of song it's my probably my most produced song oh, ever. Okay, Mersh. Um, yeah. <laughs> For a lame word, sorry. <laughs> but yeah, it's. Did it start out that way when you wrote it? No, it was just a tune, right? Yeah, I wrote. I heard it in a dream, actually. So it was kind wow. of big in my head, and then, uh, you know, trying to write it was pretty difficult because I don't normally put together songs from dreams that big or from dreams yeah <laughs> they're mostly so to bring it into the reality was a little it was a task yeah it was tough okay let's um, listen
for Pedro Show. We heard uh, the most produced Lydia Loveless <laughs> song ever, Heaven. And she yanked out of the dream world and brought uh, forth to bring uh, the good time. <laughs> then we heard uh, Erotic Bill Young and his Heretics. I think this uh, bass man, Stanislav, sent me this a cat from uh, Cleveland, near you. Uh, but he's originally from yeah, the old uh, Yugoslavia. He's got a buddy who plays bass from where most of the Slavs here in Pedro are from, uh, an island called Vis. So that's his new band, and a tune called No Man. It's like a te- temple after that, No Recall. Chris Schlarb from Strong Beach. Layman, No Harm. Toys That Kill, they're just back from tour. And uh, next week we're going to have them on. Uh, S-D-R-T-T, Go. So kind of an acronym. And finally, David Gerard, brand new, out of Massachusetts with Requiem for an Amplified Trombone. Back with Lydia Lovis and her journey. So, second time in, yeah. And so you're a lot happier with the uh, how it came out. Yeah, for sure. I think I was, I was sort of getting away from, you know, really simplistic sort of learning how to write songs, songwriting at that point. And I was a lot happier, like working with Todd, my guitar player. Yeah, was a little more fun too for me. What about the touring? Does the touring get bigger? Um, a little bit at that point. I mean, I was still kind of doing everything on my own and trying to just like make connections. So mm-hmm. it was a little bit rough. But I mean, I st- I think I went on my first like tour all the way out to the West Coast. It was like May of. 2010 I think so I was finally like actually getting out to the other side of the country and, and across the Rocky connections. Mountains yeah <laughs> what would you think what was it like uh, it was amazing for me I mean it was just me and uh, my bass player my husband at the time in the van so we were just kind of like sleeping in the van and eating sandwiches and fucking looking at mountains so yeah, new, new world. <laughs> yeah because up to then it's just images on a television or in songs on the radio or something right yeah i wasn't exactly you know much of a traveler or like going on family vacations when i was a kid so it was my so torn was also a kind of education yeah yeah uh, me too you know <laughs> there's something about that i mean i guess if you just conk out or read a book and don't look out the window you don't learn much yeah. There sure is a lot of opportunity on that. Totally. <laughs> what about the other side, uh, New York City and uh, that stuff? Yeah, I was doing that a lot. I think we were going to... Because, yeah, Ohio's a lot. They say Midwest, but in a way, it's w- way closer yeah. to the east. Yeah, it is. And it's, I mean, you can pretty much get, I won't say anywhere, but to a lot of important markets within like eight hours. Yeah, yeah, we sure. were going to New York a lot and spending like a week there and doing shows there. Which for us, you know, that's either Phoenix or San Francisco. Yeah, it's <laughs> not easy. It's a lot more <laughs> spread out out here. So I always yeah. envied out there. Uh, so going to, going west, though, was a big deal. Okay, mm-hmm. great. I, I'm glad to hear that because sometimes you hear a little attitude. Oh, I love it. Okay. Uh, I like everywhere, actually. But yeah. what's different, I found is the weather. <laughs> yes, that makes sense. People are people, but good. the weather. <laughs> and we're about 250, 
thousand percent spoiled here. <laughs> oh yeah, I mean Especially it was also kind of weird to see how many people were coming to see us too out there. Like uh-huh. the first time we ever played in in San Francisco, we had like almost a sold out show, and there was like no reason for that to be a thing. Well, they're checking out your music. They must see how yeah. you, maybe they were listening to it, and they must see how you did it live. Yeah, must have been. Do you remember the pad? Hotel Utah. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Fun mission. Kind of area. Yeah, yeah. Ness Klein used to play there a lot. Oh yeah. Uh, have you ever been to the bottom of the hill? I just was there. Yeah. Ramona. Yeah, it's got I've one of the few uh, lady bosses in, in this racket. Yeah. Yeah. Great, great pad. So. Um, what about Chicago, though? Cause it seems with the Midwest, the big town actually is. And I know that's yeah. where Bloodshot is. So did you start playing up there regularly? Yeah. And, like, we play at the hideout yeah. a lot. Um, we started playing, like, Shubas. and Shubas I like a lot. We do well there. And it's, it's always a good crowd. Uh, yeah, not too far of a drive for you. No, it's like six hours. Wow, closer than San Francisco. Yeah. I envy. <laughs> a little bit. I know me and Dee Boom, we used to look at the maps, you know, the, the Rand McNally book, you know, from the 7 Yeah. Like, Boy, what if we moved here? Oh, yeah, but then there's nine months of hell weather. <laughs> Either too sweaty or too frozen. So, yeah, life's about tra- trade offs and stuff. Yeah. Um, we're at the end of the second hour of the September 6, 2016 edition of the Wild for Peter show special. Guess Lydia Loveless. Hold tight for hour three. September 6, 2016. It's the third hour of the Watt Pedro Show.
Highway 61. You never could have imagined your days were nearly done. Madder than a hornet on us to her bus. Boys had nearly frozen, all they did was rich and cuss. A few more stops, it's home to sweet Marie.
different image that was never alive. Only a purveyor of life would sing through the shadows that serve to remind. All taken away now in memory or existence confined. Only a singular voice would ring, left helpless to the mercy of time. Bring you to the light and to my name. 
for Pedro Show. Started the third hour off with Lydia Loveless doing Bill Bell. Off the air people, we were talking about the town in the Basque part of people call Spain. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> Some ignorant folks. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, so you got to do some European touring. Yeah, I've done, I've done a few now. Yeah, great. So, it's always... Isn't totally it different? It's a little bit different, huh? Yeah, it's. I mean, but I think really it's exciting. a great again uh, another education experience. Yeah, I mean, it's not. I I would not be the kind of person that just went to Europe a couple times a year. So yeah, um, that's a lucky. It's because of your work. Break. Yeah, same with me. Yeah. Uh, then we heard Dick Deluxe doing last time. Buddy Holly crossed. Uh, Death hymn number nine. It's got Paul from Pedro. Train yard, train yard boogie. Uh, Bielzy Fuzz, brand new, The Righteous Bloom, uh, Adam Mouth Gimli's with Below, and finally Yoko Ono with Kim Gordon and Thurston Moore doing Let's Get There Part One. Uh, tell me about this new record that I've been playing this music for. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, um, yeah, I started. Real. I, yeah, real. Um, um, or as I've been joking, it's called Real. 
But um, oh right, <laughs> Pete Townsend and uh, right, that became Tommy and shit. Right, that's like the first beginnings of Tommy Rael. Yeah, and I think it's the hero in uh, Peter Gabriel of the no no Genesis even worse. Oh yeah, the lie the lamb lies down on Broadway. I saw that, believe it or not, when I was a teenager. Yeah. Oh wow. So so okay, tell tell us about this record. Yeah, I, I think we finished it like a year ago. Um, so it's been done for a while. Um, but I started sort of writing for it on on tour for our last record, which was somewhere else, which was different for me because I, I used to be so focused on like, oh, I need to get home and sit in right, my office right. and write or whatever. So it's it's a little bit different. Um, to write on the road, yeah, very different yeah, for me. Yeah, a little more travel diary oriented which is do you got george on the drums by this time yeah yeah it's george um and yeah it was cool to make this record because i i mean there were so many problems with our our previous drummer in the studio and fighting and and this one was really good because oh you mean there's a drummer between george and your pop yeah, okay. there was. Fighting in the uh, studio usually is not that happy. Where's Sonic Lounge? It's in Columbus, okay. a little outside of Columbus. Okay, um, so you're, you're, you're still, okay, still yeah. kind of local. Great. It's kind of, I don't know, it's just a great studio to walk into for me, so I kind of just wanted to keep the vibe going with that. And you had all the tunes written from the tour, but where they worked out, you still had to work them out in the studio, right? Yeah, we actually started working them out. This was the most time off we'd had. Oh, so in the like practice a months. So we actually got to do it at the practice yeah, place, yeah. and uh, and that was great. Like we did more pre-production on this one than I've ever done. So by the time we got in, we were like, let's do some demos and see where it goes. And then I was like, well, oh, demos, great. Wow, so, yeah. <laughs> so I just decided to keep every all the demos as the record. Yeah, so it was yeah. interesting in that sense. Uh, <laughs> is that a hat? Are you wearing a hat? Me on the cover. Oh yeah! It's is like it a, a fez? fez? Yeah. <laughs> There's a Dan song called the Fez. Oh god! Getting back to the Dan. I think the chorus is, "I ain't gonna do it without my fez on." Oh man, I'm sensing a theme here. With the Dan. <laughs> what about this tune? Uh, same to you. Yeah, same to you is actually. Uh, I mean, that speaking of being a road record, it was it was kind of from just being burned out on tour at that point and you know you start to fight and you really don't want to do it anymore and you're you're like maybe I should just go to school and fucking figure out how to fix cars or something <laughs> worthwhile so that was my song about yeah that. okay life defined <laughs> let's listen <laughs> Mad. I'll have to take 
last music for this edition, people. Lydia Lovelace with Same to You. Then Matt Jones with Part 2B of Massachusetts Classical. Wild Style Lion after that, Miserable Day. Wovet, Tonal Nostalgia. The Zigzags with Can't Afford the Basics. And finally, Misfit Serenade by Tokyo Savannah. They're out of Brazil. Uh, back to Lydia Lovelace's story of music. Now, uh, this record came out and you've been touring it, right? Yeah, I've been a little bit. Um, we've mostly been off, though, this year. And I'm actually leaving for tour on Friday for like the next three months. That'll be the and first And it's going to be mostly this stuff, this new material. Yeah, yeah. How long is the tour? Uh, it'll be forever, but <laughs> the first leg is like I thought three you months. said three months. <laughs> three months, yeah. yeah. It's like a Black Flag tour. <laughs> Those cats would do three, four months in a row. Yeah, I mean, we'll be gone for like most of September and then most of October. And what about the voice? Um, is that hard? That's a concern. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. You know, cause do, you know the old vaudeville thing when you ain't playing, you're paying. So yeah. you don't want a lot of days off. But on the other hand, no. the voice is different than hands. Yeah, you, don't, you can't get calluses things. on your vocal cords. No, you don't want. The, and it's yeah, it's not like I'm doing my vocal warm ups. And yeah, I've been trying to make take it more seriously. So what about uh, tea? The throat coat? Tea? Yeah, I do the throat coat pretty religiously. <laughs> slip, slip, slippery L. I'm also working on not talking as much, like in between. I think talking's harder because you don't you don't use your chest. At least when you sing, you use your chest. You don't. Yeah, really you're talk. projecting from somewhere deeper. But you know, I also like go on a lot of rants, so I should probably cut back on that. Like it, I am pretty easily set off and and start yakking. But I've been trying to cut back on that, especially because I just got in a car accident. I got whacked with an airbag in the throat. Oh damn! So I was kind of like. Googling old airbags, like, oh my god, I permanently damaged my vocal cords. I have no career. Wow, wow. crazy can, shit. Can you feel it when you sing? Yeah, it's coming back though. So okay. I think I was just Googling myself into a nervous breakdown. Oh, yeah. One time I worked for this old lawyer, Mr. Hanley, and he said, Mr. Watt, sometimes a little bit of knowledge is much more dangerous than being ignorant. <laughs> I definitely felt that way for a while. Okay, okay. Well, I hope I hope it comes back. And so I I blew my voice out last week from yammer. We call it yammer. I think yammering. got it from yeah from Papa. He didn't he yammer. <laughs> or I am what I am. Maybe that that's what it was. I don't know. But I was yammering until. It, a little bit of whiskey was helping me, but it was like, yeah, five, six hours, and I lost it. Yeah. And then I was so f frustrated with myself that I let the band down, that I started yeah, lashing out at my guys like an idiot. <laughs> and they're big longshoremen. <laughs> no, no. Luckily, they're beautiful, and they forgave me. But, man, I, it, it's it's... Like I was saying, you can get calluses on the hands, but you can't... The voice, man, it's, it's just so hard. Yeah, I mean, your hands need to get a little wrecked. That's but, right, that's right. Yeah. And if your voice do, you, you just can't express yourself. You try, and it, it don't happen. Nothing yeah, comes out. Yeah, it's a terrible out. feeling, yeah. Do you have any advice for anybody getting into this racket? Oh, God. Um, that's a good question. I always think that I have all these 
these answers to things, but it sounds really dumb to say, you know, be confident in yourself. But I mean, I guess just know why you are doing it. You know, I know so many people that are like, I want to do this so that I can have the success or like, (laughs) I know so many people who have like started writing songs and been like, will you do this song? And I'm like, no. And they're like, well, then I guess I give up. (laughs) They won't, no one will hear it. And I'm like, you know, that's not really a good reason to, to do such a stupid thing, you know, because really at the end of the day, you do feel stupid, like 90% of the time. Yeah, yeah. And you know, there's something to be said about humility. Yeah. I mean, it, but it's also great. But you want, you, you, you're also saying have some confidence. Go. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you have to have confidence or you'll just be like, God, who am I? No, no, I take that to heart. I want (laughs) to thank you so much for being on the show and I wish you all the luck with this hell tour coming up. Hell ride. I know you can make it. (laughs) Hopefully, uh, your voice gets back, rebounds. Yeah. Throat coat. Hope so. <laughs> Thank you so much, truly, Lydia. Have Thank a good, you. Uh, uh, good journey. Good mission. Thank you. Nice uh, talking to you. Okay. It's been the August, no, what? <laughs> September 6, 2016 edition of the Wife Peter Show. Everybody, keep your powder dry. <laughs>